0: Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. Well, the Christmas season is upon us, as everybody knows, and there's a lot of folks out there shopping. One of the most popular food items that goes with the season is cookies. So I started thinking, wouldn't it be fun to do a program about wonderful holiday confections... And then I had an epiphany. Why don't I reach back out to Sarah Rice and ask her to come back on the show and talk just about that? Now, Sarah is the co-author of a book on the history of Archway Cookies, which came out this year. And the company was established in Battle Creek, but it had deep roots in Michigan, and it was popular all over Michigan. So we're going to explore some more of the history of this wonderful company but we're also going to see if we can spin some stories about Christmas cookies. So welcome back to the show, Sarah. Thank you for taking time to be on the podcast today. Thank
1: you, Michael. It's great to be here.
0: Well, it's wonderful to have you. So could you begin by telling the audience a little bit about yourself in case there's some people that missed the first interview you came on? How did you come to write about Archway Cookies?
1: Well, I um, I was a high school teacher over in Bellevue and down in Homer, Uh, For a while, and I taught history. I studied history at Western Michigan University, and um, before that, I went to uh, to St. Philip's in Battle Creek. And uh, one of my best friends there was Tina Swanson, um, whose grandmother grandparents started Archway Cookies um, in 1936 in Battle Creek. Uh, Tina told me, she said, my sister Leah would really like to write a book about our grandparents um, and the Artsway Cookie Company. And I said, OK, let me see what I can do. And so Leah Swanson Worthington and I have um, spent about five years, we're retired, so we had the time um, to do the research on the company and we were able to produce this book um this year
0: wow so historically archway cookies was kind of founded in a really challenging time wouldn't you say when they when they began right they start, give a little bit about that origin history they
1: started um they were ruth was from indiana and um her husband uh, was from Ohio and they came here specifically to get into the cookie business Um, they had originally thought of um, the other Dawn Donuts but they couldn't get a franchise Mm -hmm. so they decided to start their own and of course in 1936 it was still part of in the depression we were just starting to recover Um, and then once they got up and going the um, war broke out, World War II broke out, and that um, mm. caused some differences in how they were able to bake and process their cookies. So, uh, But by yeah. the end of the war, uh, they were doing great. In 1949, they signed their first franchise uh, agreement with Fort Wayne, Indiana, and they've been just going strong ever since.
0: So it was the rationing during World War II that really made it difficult for bakers in general, right? Right. Yeah. The... They
1: were limited on the amount of supplies and ingredients, particularly sugar, because um, they needed sugar for the war uh, to, you know, be in the the food packages for the soldiers. They used the sugar sugar beets to um, do one volley of uh uh-huh cannon booms from during World War II off the ships, and they also needed it to coat the instrument panels on the airplanes so that they wouldn't frost up. Um, so, yeah, so there were a lot of challenges and they had to limit their product line because at first they were a full line bakery. And so because of mm-hmm. World War II, they had to limit the amount of cookies that they could make because the ingredients were so hard to find. But in Michigan, it turns out that molasses cookies are a huge thing here. So, you know, they were able to use a little molasses in some of their recipes. For
0: that. Well molasses is almost is a favorite holiday cookie, and at least it was in my household growing up, molasses cookies, you know.
1: Yeah. It's totally
0: Michigan. So Yeah, where was Archway Cookies on holiday cookies?
1: Well Archway Cookies um, was the Archway was the only company in the in the whole country to actually carry a full line of Christmas or holiday cookies. Um, uh, mm. Nabisco, Keebler, n- none of those made any of a- any holiday cookies, and if they did, it was hit or miss. But every year, Artsway, you know, trotted out their their uh, holiday line for the Christmas season, and in addition to, and and so. In addition to the Christmas cookies, they also made Valentine's Day cookies, St. Patrick's Day cookies, and Easter cookies, which completed their holiday yeah. line. So, um, but the Christmas was the big time. Uh, they, that's when they usually, um, you know they they sold more cookies at that time during the holiday wow. season.
0: So they kind of took a niche market. Uh, against all these other mainstream cookie companies, and really, I could see how the the public really responded to that. Yeah, you know, with well, uh,
1: you know, and, and the great yeah. thing about Archway is that they 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 were so similar to what you can make at home. You know, the tastes and the mm-hmm. textures and everything. You know, they weren't the hard they weren't hard crispy cookies. Um, they were just just like homemade. So uh, they became a real standard. And, you know, I was just in Felposh last week, or not Felposh, I'm sorry, Harding's last week, and they have them (laughs) out, you know, all the Christmas ones.
0: So I know a lot of folks out there are saying, okay, what types of cookies did they make at Christmas time? So can you tell us some of them and describe them a little bit?
1: They had a real full line of, of cookies. They had the Pfeffernous, which are kind of a white powdery. Kind of nugget
0: oh, cookie. Okay. Um, yeah. They had a
1: cashew nugget, nougat, which is okay. also uh, kind of a white. You know, it's rolled in um, powdered sh- powdered sugar. I guess is what it is. Wow. Okay. Uh, they had one that was yep. called the holiday mix, which you know combined a few of the different kinds. Um, a wedding cake, which was also a white. You know, white the white flour. I think the fennel the cashew nougat, and the wedding cake all kind of, to me, look similar, but they taste different. They also had one that was right. a cherry nougat, which is kind of interesting, and I haven't really seen that much. Um, they had one mm-hmm. that was called the Special recipe Cookie, and um okay. ice gingerbread men, so that was really great, but their biggest, uh, their number one seller was, of course, the Stars and Bells. Uh, and they they look so home so homemade that you know anybody can buy them and you could pass them off at the school functions and things like that <laughs> you know and nobody would know the difference. Um,
0: I think we've all been—we're invited to a Christmas party and never had enough time to prepare something, and this kind of thing would come in right. And, very and handy. the thousand
1: stars <laughs> were always just perfect, um, and the kids—those were the ones that the children liked better of all the archway cookies. Um, one of the interesting things that they did with their holiday line in 1960, they brought out the um, uh, fruit cake they introduced the fruitcake oh, okay. into their holiday lineup and that really made an impact and helped increase the amount of sales they did every year in fact uh, wow. one guy uh, bonnie clark who was the first african-american hired at archway cookies in 1952 he loved those those uh, fruitcakes so much he would He'd go home and make them and give them away to all his family and friends for the holidays. And he just loved the fruitcake. <laughs> wow. I know it's, fruitcake's one of those, you know, some people like it, some people don't. But, you know, but yeah. Archway did pretty well with well, those.
0: Yeah, that's, that's um, it's remained a holiday tradition. I think people still give out fruitcakes today. That's uh, great. So what did the holiday season... Look like at Archway?
1: Well, they, like I said, it was their busiest season. And so um, they were very active in developing sales strategies uh, to target uh, the communities with and, you know, layer them with all kinds of cookies. Um, the salespeople mm-hmm. were collecting orders for the holidays, and distributors were creating some really cool displays. Um, the displays were were so neat and they had competitions within each state and they had competitions, a national competition to see who could not only sell the most, but could come up with the most creative displays and so like some of these displays in the grocery stores that we see, Took a long time to make, so like they they'll take either from you know, anywhere from two hours to six hours just to set up those displays, and they were just really cool. They'd use like thousands of packages. Um, the uh, one guy did a Santa Santa's train station, and it looked like a rail. The whole aisle looked like a railroad uh, railroad car. A, a, an engine and and it was just made out of all the cookie packages and so because of that you know when they make these really cool displays people are drawn to them in the store and so therefore the sales were more likely to go up and usually during the Christmas season um, Archway always saw a spike in sales so they would usually gain anywhere from like 11 to 15 percent you know, increase in sales over that Christmas season. So, I mean, wow. they, but they had so many cookie packages that, that they could make, you know, some of them are cool. They made holiday houses. Sometimes they'd have, you know, there was one with uh, Santa and Mickey Mouse and Christmas hats, um, you know, in, in Florida, uh, just all the different ones are cool. Wow. But yeah, so some of those, you know, the, the distributors worked really, really hard, Uh, To really build up the Christmas season because that was their peak year. And there were always bonuses for the employees, for them, you know, if they, you know, met their sales quota and went over the, you know, the top. So
0: so they would go into the different not only in the archway cookie stores but also the the grocery yeah, stores and, and yeah and that's work what on i mean all the grocery stores oh, wow. so like in
1: 1985 one of their distributors walter priskaki uh he won the national holiday contest for the largest sale from a single display so his display wow. sold 6348 packages um at a meyer store in taylor michigan and, you know, wow. that's a lot of cookies just off one display. Yeah. And that was just in a, in a, usually uh, the holiday was like a four weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it was those uh-huh. four weeks that were counted. Um, there was another guy, uh, Tom, Tom Brewbaker, who was the winner of the most unique display. And he was also uh, sold. Over seventy thousand packages in his district, in his territory, uh, during that four-week season. So seventy thousand cookies in four weeks.
0: That's a lot of cookies. I mean, it's almost like a (laughs) semi-load. At
1: least, yeah, it's it's just (laughs) crazy how many cookie packages they have. So not only were the distributors, so that meant the bakers and everybody in the fat in the plant were. You know, busy, busy, busy making cookies, cookies, cookies. And, and you know, it, wow. it was a pretty big season for them.
0: Wow, well, must have been a really good holiday spirit working in a big cookie factory like that. Or at least we would like to imagine it as such, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. did they do any uh, television commercials during that time period?
1: Um Yeah, they did. They had one in... Um, 19, I think it was 1993 and and it was an animated commercial and they mm-hmm. kind of played off, you know, it was called Home for the Holidays, the song they sung was Home for the Holidays and then it went into uh, 12 Days of Christmas Melody, but that's when they would list all the different products that the whole Christmas line of products, which were, you know, 12, 13 different types of cookies that they would put out. Uh So that and that that was always a big hit. And when we see those online and, you know, nationally, you know, in 1993, that was a big deal to have those national commercials. They were really
0: helpful. That's a lot of fun. So did the company itself have holiday parties, like for employees or their families? Oh,
1: yeah. Every, every year um, they would put on, a, a, you know, sometimes they would tie it into a business meeting, a sales meeting. So, you know, pump them up for the whole holiday season and, and you know, mm-hmm. celebrate uh, achievements at that time. And then afterwards they would have, uh, you know, the Christmas party with uh, where they invited their employees and their friends to come. So, like in 1964, they had it at the their Christmas meeting and Christmas party at the Hart Hotel, which was the oh, place okay. to be. You know, I mean, that's where all the high school prams were. Uh, Ruth seemed to like the Hart Hotel. You know, for the mm-hmm. um, business. And putting guests up there, um, so at the holiday parties, uh, and the one in nineteen sixty four, they certainly had a roast beef dinner, and they had one hundred and fifty two guests came, and they danced all night. So they had a live band, and they would dance all night, and uh, dance till like one in the morning, um, and just have a just wow. terrific celebration.
0: Wow, that's a, yeah, that's a big building, and they had a their own. Ballroom there, I think at the oh yeah hotel.
1: that was a beautiful it's yeah. a beautifully constructed building, and it was the hotel in town that you know everybody wanted to go to
0: so Ruth would um organize those parties did, did Ruth Swanson have any holiday specialties that she did?
1: oh yeah um one of the great ones uh, you know was she she had had the holiday parties at her home. Um, when all of her grandkids were little, she has 17 grandkids. So as the family kept mm-hmm. getting bigger, you know, she, finally, she kind of gave it up because they because of her age. And it was just a lot of work to, to have that many mm-hmm. people in her home. So, um, what she would, she would go to different family members on, you know, she would take turns every year on, um, visiting every, all of her children. Um. And she was she had seventeen grandkids, and so every year when they got a little older, um, she would send them a card, a nice Christmas card with a five hundred dollar check every year, um, like right on the money because she was very meticulous. Um, but her favorite right. her favorite recipe for Christmas and Thanksgiving was pumpkin pie, and so she had the best mm. pumpkin pie, and. Uh, The whole family loves it. And so her granddaughter, Susan Townsend Townsend Sawyer, um, had the recipe. And so she just recently shared it with uh, my writing partner, Leah. And so they've been Mm -hmm. able to this year um, make grandma's pumpkin pie. So that, that's, wow. you know, I mean, anytime you talk to one of the Swansons or one of Ruth's grandkids, they'll always say, oh, yeah, grandma's pumpkin pie. And she also had another one of sticky buns. Those were like her two big mm. recipes that she liked to do at home.
0: Oh, well, my mouth is watering right now. <laughs> Man, just need a little whipped cream. You need good- that sounds great. So is that is that going to come out? Um, I know that you guys are working on a... Uh, a recipe book at some point that's going to come out? Right.
1: So um, the the recipe book is, go- is being done by Taylor Groff, um, a uh-huh. local person, uh, Leah's niece. And she is writing using Al Langs. Al Lang was, was uh, Archway's baker, chief baker. Um, he started at Archway in the 40s and retired in the late 70s, I want to say. Um, And every month he wrote recipes uh, in the news company newsletter that went all over the country. So we have collected those uh, recipes and added to them. And so Taylor is creating this terrific uh, cookbook that's called Treasured Vintage Recipes. And so she's using um, Al's Recipes, and in that book she's going to have Grandma Ruth's pumpkin pie recipe, which will be great.
0: Ooh, now that's that's worth the whole book, folks. Do you know when she's gonna have that available? It should be
1: out this spring. This coming spring. So
0: we're. Well, maybe we can get her back on as a guest and have you come on with her or something like that. Oh, yeah, she would love it.
1: Yeah, uh, she's working really hard at it. It's a cool book because, and the photography is really neat. One of her aunts did uh, the photography for her. And just beautiful is she's also the person that did the cover of our book um so her pictures uh the pictures will all be in there and it's very vintage recipes and it, it's just and they'll have uh historical tidbit recipes like when certain mm-hmm. things you know can be certain kinds of food became popular or um sometimes yeah. in that book um like Al would refer to things that we don't ever use anymore. So, you know, they kind mm-hmm. of explain a little bit about that. They give you uh, some history on Al Lang's, um, and a little, and there's going to be some cool, a cool picture of uh, Ruth from the 1920s because it's a vintage recipe book. And, um, mm-hmm. And the cover, her her cover, she has a picture on the cover that looks just like Ruth. So it's going to be really cool. uh, The recipes are absolutely delicious. So,
0: Well, let's talk about your book for a minute. Um, Your book came out this year. Wonderful book. I've got it right here on my desk. Archway Cookies, A Taste of 20th Century Americana. And it's written by yourself, Sarah Rice. And Leah Swanson Worthington, and where do you can purchase it, folks, is at uh, Book Baby Bookstore, and I'll put the link in the show note descriptions. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? I mean, did you get a chance to meet many members of uh, Lynn Swanson's family? And
1: yes, um, I. What was great about it? Um, Ruth and Harold Swanson's oldest daughter, uh, Jackie Swanson who also married George Markham and George Markham bought the franchise, Archway franchises from Ruth. So Mm -hmm. Jackie was kind of like the princess of Archway and then became the queen, right? So she's in her 90s and she lives in uh, North Carolina. And so we communicated with her uh, so much during the book and we really got to know her and it brought a closer relationship for Leah and her aunt, uh, which was great. And she gave us so much information on her family. And, you know, we were kind of nervous because she's a very, you know, like critical kind of person. So uh, she wrote me back and she said she thought it was a great book and that we had done a wonderful job with it. And we were really pleased with that. Um, We also talked with um, J.B. McKay uh, a lot. Uh, He offered Mm -hmm. us a lot there in. In there, I communicated with some of his, some of Archway's former staff, Bob Sackett, who was at Archway for, you know, from 63 to retirement. Um, And Mm -hmm. so we were able to interview a lot of the employees and luckily. Tom Brower had attempted to write a book about it, but it wasn't uh-huh. going very well. So we were able to pull some of the, the, our information from what he had, and he had written that in, okay. the, uh, like I want to say, the 70s. So we were able to pull some information from there. Uh, but it, it's a neat book about Battle Creek, not just about Battle Creek, and not just about Artsway. It's it's a book about uh, America and it follows from 1936 to present, and kind of shows all of how how new innovations kind of cycled into the business and were put back out into their customers. You know, um, you know, like yeah. the you know the cool things like when um, in the. Late '60s, Eugene McKay, who ran, who was Mm -hmm. the owner of the company, uh, he had received a letter from a customer who was inquiring about how many calories each cookie had, and he wrote her back and said, "Yeah, we don't have any idea. We can tell you what's in the package, but we don't have any idea because they're they're different, you know." So two years later, you know the. FDA decides you got to have all this stuff on your packaging, and so you have to know mm-hmm. exactly what's how how big the cookies are, what's in the <laughs> cookie, how much of what's in what in the, each cookie. So it was kind of funny how that you know um, governmental change impacted the company. And not only that, you know, when they were required to put on those uh, nutrition labels and, you know, ingredient labels and they had to be in the right spot and they had gotten in trouble once for having a mix, you know, one on the left side and one on the right, and they were supposed to be reversed. Um, Or, you Mm. know, when they, the, they built the national office out there in Fort Custer. And then in the, in the seventies, you know, VCR tapes were big, you know, and they just changed yeah, the company. Right. They had the, you know, the TV monitors, they developed a whole sales training program based on those VHS videos. Uh, you know, uh-huh. and they, that's when they came up with Mr. Coffee about that time and put that in and, you know, microwaves a few yeah. years later. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. You
0: know, what impresses me about your book is it's, it's a, a story of America. It's a story of two or three different families. If you really look at mm-hmm. it, I mean, there's the families of different employees, the owners, the two different owners that owned it over the years or two different families of owners. And it's just a wonderfully blended story with a lot of anecdotes of, you know, there's some struggles, there's some triumphs, you know, and it's just a story of success. It's sad that the company is no longer around because it was... Well,
1: yeah, it, it's not in Battle Creek. It's still there, but it's not doesn't have that personal flavor to it that it used to. Right. And the cookies taste a little different, even though they're still being made at the same place in Ohio, in Ashland, mm-hmm. Ohio. All the cookies today, that's where they're made.
0: So what was your favorite... Christmas cookie. Mm.
1: I think I like the the ice gingerbread man. I, I think those are cool. I just do. I like frosting on my
0: cookies. <laughs> Got to go with that ginger gingerbread. Really is great when you're if you're gonna dunk it in tea. You know, it's yeah. A, one of those, those are good great. good go to cookies out but there.
1: They are, they're still available. Like I said, you know, I saw them in in Harding. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and they had quite a, quite a selection that they usually don't carry, you know, sometimes locally now it's hard to find archway, you know, it's like hit or miss. They can't decide if they want them Mm -hmm. if they're, you know, because they're part of Campbell's Soup. So when they come in and deliver, it's all part of the Campbell's Soup thing. And, you know it's it's hard to, you know, consist consistently be able to buy the, like, let's say if you had a thing for lemon cookies, it's hard to know where to buy those every, you know, every month or whatever, if you're eating cookies that often.
0: Yeah, I know that when we were putting the event together in March of this year, we had to go to I think you guys got into two or three different stores to find Archway cookies, so we'd have them at the event. Right, and, that,
1: and that's, it, it's, it's a shame, but, you know, I mean, it's a great nostalgic memory, and, you know, they mm-hmm. were so helpful in Battle Creek and employed so many people, and I have not met anybody that that, in this whole thing, that had a horrible experience at Archway. I've never met anybody that didn't love right. working there. You know, because they got they got, yeah. they were paid a little bit better than average for that for mm-hmm. their jobs. They were able to, you know, create a life for their families. You know, and I, I don't know. I, I know at St. Phil, we had Archway cookies for every Christmas, every Christmas. They would send over like a case and we'd have them for mm-hmm. every, you know, like holiday performances in school or, you know, um mm-hmm. Parent teacher conferences, they had them there. And I would think maybe Lakeview would have too, because some of the grandkids went to school mm-hmm. there and in Lakeview. So yeah.
0: I, I remember when we spoke before that there were um I mean obviously holiday cookies are coming out during the winter season, so there must there were a few years where getting the cookies into stores because of the weather was challenging, right? You mentioned there were some incidents where there was ice on the lakes and they were shipping them to the UP oh, yeah. and all kinds of adventure stories like that, that you came across in your research.
1: Yeah. And they were so cool. Right. You know, it's like even, even in the, in the fifties, you know, when they had one of their distributors, you know, at Chris around Christmas time and he was, uh, driving in, around Bad Axe and got into an accident and he was from Battle Creek and, mm-hmm. Uh, he was taken to the hospital in Bad accident. and uh, Ruth and Ruth sent the airplane, the company plane up to get him to bring him home so that his family could could be with him. You know, they just did so many wow. cool things, you know, like bringing in, you know, like they sent their plane to pick up. You got at the museum. You just had a history of a woman who was a performer.
0: Oh Betty Hutton. Right. Yeah. And so
1: she is actually we have her she's mentioned in our book because uh, Archway Cookies oh. when she was coming to perform at WK Kellogg uh, Archway Cookies sent the airplane to her wherever she lived and brought her into town for that event and it was a wow. huge event. I didn't so know that. <laughs> you know I mean so you know That's they great. Ruth was very humble, and so she wasn't really, and same with George. Both of them were very quiet, uh-huh. very humble people. They gave, you know, freely and generously uh-huh. to the community, um, you know, because like like George, he bought all kinds of equipment for the Battle Creek Central Fieldhouse, you know. He sponsored some kids uh-huh. to get through college, you know, things like that. You know, Ruth would help people wherever she could, you know. She bought furniture for her her beautician, because she knew she was struggling, you know, and there was just so many, so much generosity and kindness that you can see in all of these, uh, all of these people. And, you know, that really, I think represents the flavor of Battle Creek, you know, what, mm-hmm. who Battle Creek people are, you know, were, we're these kind of people and, you know, it was a great place, you know, to live and work.
0: Yeah. Very industrious people, no matter what industry, but you know, the, the Archway cookie folks were certainly a special group of people. I mean, everybody I've ever met that has been connected with the company. It just, they just have wonderful stories to tell, you know?
1: Right. And I guess uh, this, this week, I think this weekend, maybe, um, Don Keaton, who did some advertising, mm-hmm. he worked for Archway. Um, he, he lives, I think at Battle Creek and he is having Right now, um, this weekend, a gathering of uh, former Archway employees. Oh, isn't
0: that great? <laughs> uh, so
1: they're still all friends, you know, and it hasn't been at Battle Creek since 2000, and you know, 2002 or something. Wow, so isn't that wonderful? It, it really developed a lot of long-lasting relationships mm-hmm. and launched a lot of
0: people's careers. That's great. That's just great. So it, the book is at um, Book Baby Bookstore, and they can buy it online. Do you have any events yourself coming up on your calendar for the spring to go nope, out and do book not signings? Yeah, right okay.
1: Not right now. We're um, helping Taylor doing some some work with her book, and mm-hmm. um, hopefully that will be ready, and then we'll we'll try to market them both at the same time. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that should be
0: helpful. Well, we'll have to get you guys back at the museum this spring, uh, maybe when Taylor's got her book ready, and have you both up there and have a great cookie yeah. festival again. Everybody loved that event. And uh, we had a packed house. It was great. Yeah. I really
1: enjoyed it. And it was nice because I got to, I, I was able to meet like Leah's, um, you know, cousin mm-hmm. some of Leah's cousins, yeah. and her Aunt Shirley, who was the youngest of, you know, Harold and Ruth's kids. So. Yeah. Yeah, I and the cousins. It was just so nice, you know. And for Leah, just it, it was great for her, uh-huh. um, you know, to be able to see all of her family at an event like that, and to bring that to that book to her family and say, yeah. I, you know, have memorialized our grandparents, and
0: it's cool. Yeah, it's a very special you know? event. So, but
1: our, our book is available at uh, Willard Library. Okay um both locations it's available at the galesburg library and also at the kalamazoo library
0: great well great so, deal and for
1: people who want to take a peek at it yeah.
0: and i'll put the link where you can buy the book in the show note descriptions for you folks so that you can when you pull over off the side of the road you can check that and order a book online today get it maybe give it as a gift maybe this christmas season Uh, It's definitely a fun read. There's a lot of wonderful stories in there. You won't be disappointed. Well, I appreciate you coming on today, uh, Sarah. It's just always wonderful to have you.
1: Thank you so much. I I I really like doing your show. Well, thank you. It's very uh, you have a great show going. I love yeah. it. Yeah,
0: well, great. It's just a lot of fun, especially when you get to talk about something cool as cookies. Now, who doesn't like I that? I know. Right. You know? Get
1: some bars and I, yeah. I I I I bought some wedding cake cookies uh, uh-huh. last week. So. I'm ready for the bars and stars now. Oh, so.
0: do you want to share a, a holiday memory before we wrap up? Anything with cookie-related holiday memories that you can...
1: I can tell you right now, my my granddaughter, is mm-hmm. her class is decorating. My daughter just made a bunch of cookies for her second grade <laughs> class, and so they're having a cookie decorating thing this week. So,
0: Oh, those are always you know, great it's memories. Yeah. It's,
1: you know, cookies are great. You know, they're just like little cakes and you know you, you get look, flour you know, can... on your
0: hair you get flour in your hands and you just dig into the kitchen it's just great and then the oven opens up and yeah and then well, I, I
1: try to stay away from that oven i'm more of the eater than the baker there's gets... always
0: somebody who has to be the wrangler and keep people away from eating all the cookies before they're out of the oven you know but uh, yeah 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 <laughs> well it It's just great talking with you, Sarah. So I have been speaking with Sarah Rice. She is the co-author of a book on Archway Cookies. It's called Archway Cookies, A Taste of 20th Century Americana. And I will put the link where you can purchase a copy for yourself. I recommend getting it. It's great. It's a wonderful little slice of history of Battle Creek and also just of American history because it's a a company that defied all odds and and achieved a wonderful success in its time and it's definitely something we should need follow as inspiration even in current times so Definitely a fun book to read. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to leave a rating or review on whatever app that you are listening on. And you can always reach out to me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. There's a contact form on that website, and you can also take a look at my upcoming calendar for 2024 with my own book release on true crime in Southwest Michigan. That's going to be a lot of fun promoting next year. And if you are wanting to do something fun during the holiday season and take the family out to an entertaining event that will put you in the holiday spirit, you should come to Tales of Christmas Past. This is uh, happening next weekend at the Battle Creek Regional History Museum. And it's on Saturday. There are two performances at 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. It includes myself, Dave Eddy, Donna Rickman, Bobby Mathis, Brian and jill mccombs and we're going to be telling you stories from 100 years ago or more so last year we had two sold out crowds and i'd love to see you guys there in the crowd and come see me afterwards see me at intermission bring me some archway cookies how about that so put that on your calendar get your tickets i'll put the link for that in the description as well if you haven't already done so and until next time when we take another journey into yesterday and we explore even more fascinating tales of southwest michigan's